Welcome to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way Jam Sessions, hosted by author, speaker, coach, and singer-songwriter Creelan Peters, also known as the Fear Whisperer. Listen in as Creelan interviews powerful people who have tamed their fears, learned to embrace their greatness, and gotten out of their own damn way. And now, Creelan Peters. Hi, and welcome back to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way Jam Sessions. Today I have a wonderful guest Rochelle Khanna, who is going to be chatting with us about her get-out-of-her-own-damn-way story. And before I bring Rochelle on the line, let me just tell you a little bit about her. Rochelle is a dynamic speaker and health advocate for women. While suffering a severely disabling systemic infection, Rochelle discovered a profound presence of God. In experiencing extreme physical pain in her brain and spinal cord, Rochelle awakened to the full meaning of present-centered living and connection with divine spirit. Since that time, she has devoted her time to teaching women to stop running from their pain, to take control of their lives, and live in the joy of the present moment. She is excited to share her first book, 30 Days of Prayer, Healing Autoimmunity for Women, an inspirational companion on your journey to healing. So I want to give a warm welcome to Rochelle. Welcome to uh, the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way Jam Sessions. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, it's so wonderful to have you. We, we've been kind of uh, chatting a little bit over lo- online, and um, and I've just been following your book launch. I'm so excited for this journey for you. Thank you. Yes, uh, May 23rd is my book launch, and I am so super excited. I have a ton of sponsors and lots of people have given donations. I'm going to be giving away actually hundreds of dollars worth of stuff just at the event itself on top of sharing my book. So oh, wonderful. I couldn't be, yeah, I couldn't be more excited about the, the tremendous support that I've gotten. So. Uh, that is wonderful. I'm so excited. So I would love, and I know that this book is part of your story, so a uh, huge part. So I would love for you to just kind of share with the audience, you know, what, what where you came from, what what have you gotten over, what have you overcome? Well, I I guess initially I would like to say that I I overcame Lyme disease, which I'm still fighting. My mm-hmm. systemic infection is Lyme disease, which okay. is becoming more popular, I guess, because a few celebrities have gotten it recently. Um, the most recent one was Ashley Olsen, actually just came out and said that she has been battling Lyme disease as well for uh, several years, actually. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I guess conventionally I could say that I've gotten over that, but it really has been the biggest blessing in my mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. And I so I think the thing that I actually got over was looking at negative circumstances as a barrier in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. And I, you put it as, um, you know, people are, it's becoming more popular and it's an interest, that's an interesting way to say it. I know what you're saying, but it's like, oh my gosh, isn't that amazing how, you know, disease is becoming popular and and how you know we're we're all kind of um faced with something and it you know we've all got a, a journey and a story and and it's it's kind of nice i think when um we can share that part of our story with other people it kind of makes it so that we don't feel quite as alone at least that's been my experience well and i i didn't even realize that i said popular in that way but it really is a blessing when celebrities get 
problems <laughs> that, that everyone else has. And I wish Ashley a speedy recovery and in a few of my other, uh, Amy Tan, she's my favorite author. She has Lyme disease. Uh, Tim Ferriss, another person who I look up tremendously to, has Lyme disease. And I think that it's so important when people in that arena share their stories with us because, A, it brings awareness and possibly some legitimacy to our health problems. Mm -hmm. And uh, Lyme disease has forever been deemed something that doesn't exist by mainstream medicine wow. or doesn't doesn't exist in the way that we need to understand it. And mm -hmm. I think the the more people that are in the spotlight that become sick and decide to speak out, uh, the better. So. Oh, I, I totally agree, and I, I I think it's great that you said it the way that you did because, you know, sometimes we look at people who appear to have this charmed life, right, and, you know, and we're all just people. We are. We're just all people, but, but you're right, unless there's a certain type of um, attention that's brought to it or or certain people get it it's 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 almost like it's still hidden we don't want to talk about it it's not and i hate to say it this way but it's almost like it's not important enough unless someone gets it who can really bring some attention to it if that makes sense yes and i think a prime example of that i'm just going to dig right in i'm going to go right to to the meat <laughs> of the conversation uh when robin williams decided to take his life Around that time, I was in such severe pain that there were many days where I felt like killing myself. Mm -hmm. And had I not had the, the support and, and backbone of my, not only my faith community, but my family, I would have killed myself. And, and I say that very, I don't necessarily agree to or ascribe to suicide, mm -hmm. but when you're in pain, you will do just about anything to get out of pain. Right. Um, and uh, I actually was just reading an article this morning about the core, the high incidence of suicide in, in individuals with chronic Lyme disease. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think you're right. And I think having someone so amazing and powerful as Robin Williams become so overwhelmed with life that he didn't want to have it anymore is is a pretty powerful story. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and and it it's sad, it's tragic and it's a blessing. I love how you brought that into it because there's there's lessons to teach in that and when we can put that spotlight on and see that it's it's not None of these diseases, depression, Lyme disease, and fibromyalgia is another one. That's one of those ones that was not really um, accepted by the medical community for a long time. You know, it, it it really just allows us to see that, you know, everyone can get it. No one's untouchable. Right. Yeah. So, oh, my gosh. So, I'm going to ask you, because I'm not sure that everyone knows what Lyme disease is, quite honestly. So can you just share a little bit about what that is? Yes. Uh, I will give two different definitions of Lyme disease. One definition of Lyme disease is that it is a bacterial infection. Uh, the bacteria is called a spirochete. 
it is shaped a lot like syphilis. It reacts a lot like syphilis, meaning that it is a coil-shaped bacteria, like a spring that's in your coil mattress. Uh, that bacteria was, quote, unquote, discovered in Lyme, Connecticut by a researcher. And it, uh, the traditional way that we view Lyme disease in the United States is the Borrelia bacteria. And it was named after the doctor who, uh, the researcher that found it, mm -hmm. discovered that that was what was making these children sick in Lyme, Connecticut in, uh, in the 80s. Uh, we also know that there are hundreds of variations of the Lyme spirochete that are that we don't have accurate testing for, mm -hmm. meaning you go to your doctor, they will never find it because there's no test for it. Mm. Uh, Lyme disease is found in every state and in 82 countries as wow. well. So it is, it is not just designated to Lyme, Connecticut, not at all. You can get Lyme in, in any state that you're in. Mm -hmm. It traditionally comes from a tick. Uh, the ticks carry the bacteria along with hundreds of other co-infections. Mm -hmm. And so when you hear that someone has Lyme disease, they could either have the bacteria, the Borrelia bacteria, or they might have one of these other co-infections that was mm -hmm. passed on. Mm -hmm. And again, there's an example, uh, cat scratch fever or Bartonella that you get. Most house cats have Bartonella. Most people don't even know that. Um, you can get Bartonella other ways, but it is also transmitted through a tick. Mm -hmm. um, so there are several different definitions. If someone says they have Lyme disease, they may not have that particular strain of bacteria. They could have... Uh, any type of systemic infection. So when I talk about Lyme disease, I speak generally about systemic infections. Mm -hmm. And these can be things like malaria is a systemic infection. Um, another very common one that people get but they're unaware of is Babesia. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's in the same family as malaria. Mm -hmm. So basically, a systemic infection attacks your blood and your organs. That's why it can manifest as many different problems in many different people. Mm -hmm. So my infection would look different from your infection. Wow. So it's an important question to ask, for sure, because what is Lyme disease? It, there's this general, but then it's it's individualized for each person, too. Yes. For example, my treatment and my physician believes that I probably have more of a Babesia infection than mm -hmm. I do a specific Lyme infection. Mm -hmm. But the good thing is, is that some treatments, we treat them all um, about the same. Okay. Uh, or at least, the, at least in Chinese medicine, which is what I am utilizing to get better. Mm-hmm. So I say that also to say that there are multiple different ways to recover from systemic infections, and what works for you might not work for me. Mm -hmm. At least at least right now, that's the best information that we can come up with mm -hmm. currently. Well, I'm glad I asked <laughs> because 
sometimes the assumption is, you know, if we have a title for it, then these are the symptoms, this is the treatment, you know, it's kind of like an across-the-board thing. But what I'm finding, you know, not just with what you're saying, but in, there, in so many different areas, it's it's very similar in that, just because we say this is the label or, or this is what it's called doesn't mean that the treatment's the same. It doesn't mean that it presents the same. So I think that's a really important thing. I'm, gl- I'm glad I asked. It kind of brings up more conversation. <laughs> yes, and it also it makes it very difficult for physicians to begin to work around it because yeah. there is no standard protocol. Mm-hmm. Well, there is. There's one by the CDC, but it's very limited, and it doesn't encompass anyone who has a long-term infection. Mm -hmm. If you see a tick bite, uh, you get a bullseye rash, you go to the doctor, they give you 10 days' worth of antibiotics, done. That is their definition of treatment. I never had a tick bite. I never saw a rash. Uh, In fact, most people who have Lyme disease never see a rash. Mm-hmm. So the diagnosis is not comprehensive. Mm-hmm. It's not sufficient. Mhm. Wow. That's that's really interesting. I'm I'm glad we were, we're talking about this. So tell us kind of what your journey has been with this. Well, my journey and I guess getting back to why I wrote the book mm-hmm. was because I came home from the gym I was I used to lift weights. I was as healthy as I had ever been up until March 3rd of uh of 2013 and I came home and had started to have spasms in my back and I thought, "Oh, well, you know, I must have overdid it at the gym." Mm-hmm. And then over the course of 9 days, I completely lost all faculties. I lost wow. my vision, my hearing, I couldn't eat, I couldn't sleep, I was having psychiatric problems, mm-hmm. I was hallucinating, mm-hmm. um, I couldn't walk, I could hardly make a sentence, and I was in and out of the emergency room, and the doctors told me that there was nothing wrong with me. Wow. They could find nothing. Wow. that That's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. And just like, and when you said psychiatric, I I know that because when you can't sleep, <laughs> that does some major things to you. But uh, you know, just that, you know, but all these other things. That's and they're telling me there's nothing wrong with you. I yes, I periodically lost my vision, my hearing, um, all of my cranial nerves were inflamed. I had a my brain and spinal cord felt like there was a flame above my body, about two feet. I could feel a flame mm-hmm. above my head. And it was during that time I thought I was dying. I had just joined a church about five weeks before. I mm-hmm. called the church. I was home alone. I was on the couch. I called the church, and I said, can someone come over here and pray with me so that I can die? Wow. And they started, the first the, the man on the phone prayed with me, and then the minister came. She prayed with me. She said if I could just make it to the church, she would meet with me every day until something, until we found out something. Mm-hmm. And I had my husband drag me to the church, which was about five blocks away. Mm-hmm. 
I started to meet with him, to, with her, and then she gave me someone to pray with me who would pray with me every week mm-hmm. after that. And along that, along that way and starting to, to go back to prayer and to meditation, even though I was in, ten, in intense pain, it was the best thing that ever happened to my life because when you can become quiet and still, when you are being shocked and tortured by your own body, mm-hmm. then everything opened up. And I had an experience during one of these seizure moments where I was no longer my pain, I was no longer my body, and I knew that everything was going to be all right. Mm-hmm. And from that point forward, I addressed my pain as if it was mine to do something with. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the pain sort of easily went away at that point. Wow. That's that's just amazing. It it was pretty amazing. Um, And that's not to say that I didn't still have days where I was in intense pain. Mm-hmm. And I was I was on a diet, and I was seeing a doctor, and I was doing all of these other things. But the shift came when I said, you know what, this pain is my energy that I can do what with it whatever I want. Mm-hmm. And psychologically, I just I embraced it, and I started addressing it. And if I woke up and my head was on fire, I said, well, you know, good morning to you, and mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna go through the day anyway with our head on fire. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll we'll see how this goes, and it it was great. I even got to the point where I was looking forward to the pain coming, mm-hmm. so that so that I could see how I could better move through it. And I think that's uh-huh. one of the points that I wanted to get across today was mm-hmm. approaching your life with curiosity rather than fear or limitation or whatever. When I started viewing my pain with this curious wonder. <laughs> like, hmm, I wonder where yeah. this is coming from. Uh, it kind of lost its power. Right. Oh, you know, I was just having a conversation with someone earlier today about this very concept um, uh, about that curiosity. Like, I wonder what this fear is trying to tell me. <laughs> I wonder what this thing, you know, and I love how you said that, that, that curious wonder. I think it's 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 almost like partnering with the pain in order to transcend it. Yes, that was perfectly said, and that's exactly what I did. And I really am not afraid of anything mm-hmm. anymore, at least anything that could happen to my body. Mhm. Mhm. Well, good, and then you can transfer that to other areas, right? Yeah. I, the, the second thing that came out of the experience was a tremendous confidence. I considered myself a pretty confident person before, mm-hmm. but not my. I really wasn't compared to mm-hmm. what I have become. Wow. Uh, so not many people can tell me no these days. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't accept that. <laughs> I just, I don't. And and I can completely give Lyme disease the credit for that. Like, wow. thank you. <laughs> yeah, isn't that amazing how, you know, we it's just that transformative experience of, you know, not being defined. You know, I, I think so many people get defined by 
oh gosh, you know, fill in the blank here. They get defined or or they they kind of play this role of victim of a victim of abuse, victim of pain, victim of fear, victim of, you know, it just could be anything. And there's that paralysis that that comes with that or can come with that. And it's just it's amazing. I, I, this is why I love doing this this interview series is you know finding people like you who have been able to go okay no <laughs> I, I do not accept that I do not accept that part of it and what is coming out of this and you've used the word blessing a, a lot so far um, in our conversation and that's what I'm, I'm hearing from you is that you've been able to see the lessons and the blessings that came from this experience and it, and like you said it's it's gone into other areas of your life where you just have this newfound confidence yes and that leads right into the next point Perfect. that i wanted to talk about <laughs> which was um after you have this sense of curiosity and your confidence is built, then possibly, at least for me in my experience, it was about addressing my loneliness. Hmm. And I I grew up in a very small place. I had a large network of people who loved and took care of me, and then I had moved to Manhattan. And for years, I was surrounded by people but very isolated and alone. Mm -hmm. And uh then once I started to get better, I was reading about the impact of loneliness on the immune system. Mm. And basically the immune system goes into a fight or flight response or mm -hmm. an autoimmune response mm -hmm. if we are lo lonely because it views loneliness as a reason to be afraid. We are not meant to be alone. Our bodies don't understand not living in a community because we are meant to live in a community. And now, there I mean, I remember being in my 20s and just being, oh, I'm so alone, I'm so alone, I'm so alone. Even mm -hmm. though I have my family, I have, but they're far away. Um, I am so not lonely now. I am so connected mm -hmm. to people. They just came at me. <laughs> So, uh, you know, the community aspect of healing is absolutely critical and not just because that's some woo philosophy. That is on a very biological level. We need mm -hmm. people. We do. And, and it just, you know, I'm going to throw out from my, you know, psychotherapy days, um, one of the telltale signs of depression is, is when we isolate ourselves. And so one of the prescriptions uh, as a therapist that I would tell clients is then you know let's let's partner with people let's get out and be with your social network and and I know it's it's a very difficult thing uh, when someone is depressed but that is it's it's the antidote uh, like you're saying you know the antidote for depression part of that is being connected with people yes and it, it really cannot be ignored if you really want to get better it mm -hmm. just can't mm-hmm Absolutely. Well, this is, I mean, this is just amazing. I'm writing down stuff as we talk. So you're talking about that, that sense of curiosity, which helps to build confidence, and then you address that loneliness piece, which was so crucial with that, that community. And, and I do a lot of work, you know, connecting people as well, and um, that networking aspect, and, and, and think it's so, you know, in the day that we live where social media and you can order anything online or over the phone. You don't necessarily have to have a live connection with people. It seems to me 
um, in my work with my own clients and in talking with colleagues that a lot of us feel so much more isolated and alone than ever before. Yes, and I don't, you know, I, I certainly don't, uh, I'm not saying that correlation is causing things, but right, we, have, right. we have an increased incidence of autoimmune diseases and we have an increased incidence of loneliness. And whether or not they are directly related, it doesn't matter because all that matters is, is the woman with the autoimmune disease, the woman with, with Hashimoto's, any thyroid diseases with uh, um, MS, RA, lupus, any of those things, she is likely to be more isolated than the woman who is healthy, mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. So, um, yes, it's, yeah. it's directly related. And the the reason, the grand plan for the book is that I can go to communities, to church communities, and help women build support networks with the book as kind of a starting point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am sorry, there's a siren close to me. Um, <laughs> I am looking for places to speak this year, where in communities where they would want me to come and help build more community. That's great. Well, since we're here, do you want to talk a little bit more about your book and and the vision that you have? Sure. Uh, the book is does not really recount my story. I do that when I talk to people, but it dives right into practical ways of starting to gain focus and get back to healing. So in 30 days, if you're interested in prayer, or even if you're not, because there's plenty of other things to do in the book that are not prayer related, uh, we start with looking in, and whether or not that means meditation or prayer, uh, either one. And then we, I have some things that you can read about the theme of the day. And then I offer a practical thing that you can do that day as well as some, as some reflective questions. I also am a psychotherapist, so I'm always about mm-hmm. probably overanalyzing stuff too much <laughs> to the point where it's I won't tell anyone. Yeah. <laughs> ridiculous. But, um, you know, for people who don't do that all day long, maybe one or two questions might be helpful in terms mm-hmm. of looking looking around and seeing how you can better improve your life and how the the bigger goal with the book is to start approaching healing as if it's possible. Mm. When you go to the doctor, and even when I was trained as a psychotherapist many years ago, I'll never forget, we were specifically told in graduate school, not to tell people that we could get make them better. Mm-hmm. And I, that's not the case now. Um, yeah, yeah. It, you know, it's important that people are, are are fully aware that they can heal and they can heal themselves. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of people moving in that direction, and I am one of those people. People need to know that MS is not a death sentence. RA and lupus are not death sentences. There are people every day that are healing and getting their lives back from these autoimmune diseases. Mm -hmm. And Lyme is said not to be able to be cured. I have spoken with people that are cured from Lyme disease, and I will be one of those people. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) I have no doubt. Yeah, I have no doubt based on how you're talking right now. Yeah, no, that's. I love what you said to, to approach healing as if it's possible. Because 
I, I think we get stuck. And, you know, and part of the reason that I don't practice psychotherapy anymore is because I was having difficulty with the whole medical model um, way of treatment. And, um, and you know, you can't, you can take the girl out of the psychotherapy, but you can't take the psychotherapy out of the girl. So, I mean, I still obviously use a lot of the tools um, that I learned in my training and in my experience. Um, but I, I approach it in a, in a much similar way, I think, that, that you do, which is more, you know, focusing on the possibilities and more on, on the positive, solution-focused uh, side of things. Yeah, absolutely. And when I when I first got sick, of course, I went to numerous doctors who said there wasn't anything wrong with me and that I wouldn't get any better because, hey, there's nothing wrong with you to begin with. Right. So what, what are you looking for? Right. But they were just a gauge for me to know that I was not in the right place. Mm-hmm. Thank, thank you very much for your input, but I, you know, I need to go out and find where I actually need to be. And along that path, I found wonderful MDs and acupuncturists and mm-hmm. a whole host of people who were willing to support me. Yeah, and that's great. And I, I also don't want to say that there's no value in, in that type of medicine um, because I think there is. Um, but I, I think you put it exactly how it makes a lot of sense to me, whereas you knew you weren't in the right place. Because if you're feeling pain and someone's telling you there's nothing wrong with you, there's there's obviously a disconnect there. And so, you know, it's time to either, um, you know, find a different way of doing things or, you know, go crazy, you know, trying to beat your head up against a wall saying, okay, well, there must be something not wrong with me, and yet there is, and, you know, and then there's this battle. Well, yeah, and I mean this I I am a firm advocate for western medicine when it is appropriate. Mm-hmm. And and functional medicine, functional physicians, integrative physicians do a probably a much better job of looking and uh, applying those diagnostic tests that we need and I would hope that we can continue to improve our diagnostic testing so that when people go to the doctor, they can get a correct diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I certainly don't think that that's the full picture. There are a lot of other ways that you can heal. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think it's a really a good combination of both. And supporting our physicians, they're doing the best that they can mm-hmm. with limited information, and they are, uh, you know, at times told, told to have limited information, just like I was when I was in graduate school for psychotherapy. Right. Um, and But that is changing. Functional medicine is on the rise, mm-hmm. and those physicians want to get to the root of your, of your illness. They mm-hmm. don't want to give you a pill that will just take away your pain. Right. Uh, yeah, and, and I, I love how you said all of that. I think um, from what I'm hearing is that the kind of the takeaway from all of that is that if you're not getting answers to questions that you have is to not stop asking them, but to start asking different people. Yes, and different questions. Oh, and this different is different questions, okay. Yes. When you ask the right questions, you will get a better answer. Mm-hmm. Did Tony Robbins say that? I think Tony Robbins said that. <laughs> um, but, yes, this is a very, very important part. You Choose your questions wisely when you go to the physician. Mm-hmm. Do your research. They are overwhelmed with people looking on Google and bringing up things, but yeah. that's fine. Mm-hmm. Go to Google. 
that's mm-hmm. your starting point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they can handle an informed consumer, which mm-hmm. is what we need to be when we go to the doctor. Right, absolutely. Well, we are almost out of time here, Rochelle. I want to make sure that people know how to get a hold of your book and get a hold of you if they would like further information. So could you share how they can do that? Yes, uh, 30 days, three zero, 30 days of org. You can find me there. I'm also on Twitter at Simply Rochelle. But if you go to the website, 30daysofprayer.org, you can send me an email through the website, uh, sign up for my intermittent emails. I don't send too many of them, but I'll keep you updated. (laughs) Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing your story today and for, you know, just really kind of giving people that, that idea about, being their own advocate and and that there is hope um, for healing regardless and that we all can um, be the directors of our own healing. I think it's just wonderful messages that you have to share through your story. So is there, as we wrap up, is there any other kind of tidbits that you want to share with the audience? Last one uh, that we didn't get to uh-huh. was to be, be your own cheerleader. Be mm-hmm. your, on those days when you're feeling like, terrible, Mm -hmm. remember that nobody else is going to support you as much as you yourself are. So I was a cheerleader in high school. Get out the pom-poms, whatever. (laughs) Be your own cheerleader because you're the most important. Great. Thank you so much, Rochelle, and thank you for being a part of the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way Jam sessions, and thank you all for listening. You've been listening to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way Jam Sessions with Creelan Peters. Join us next time for more inspirational stories and invite your friends to join us at www.creelan.com slash getoutofyourwayinterviews. That's www.krylyn.com slash getoutofyourwayinterviews. Thanks for tuning in.